Welcome to the Ed Epley Experience. 20 minutes that simplifies the complex job of managing and leading people and inspires you to take action on what you probably already know to build and sustain a smart and healthy business. Here's your host, Ed Epley, to introduce this week's guest and business leader. Welcome, everyone, to the Ed Epley Experience, the podcast designed to help you run a more successful and sustainable business. Today is the first of three podcasts about how your job impacts your energy. And this is a conversation I want to have with several different executives and and all of them successful about the way they view energy and its correlation to their own success as well as that of their business. Today's guest I got to know this gentleman uh, probably about two years ago, and what I learned along the way is, number one, he's a really good guy. First of all, if if any of you had a chance to spend time with this gentleman, you would love it. You'd you'd feel like that was fun and well worthwhile. Secondly, he is forward-looking. He is not constrained by the past. He is thinking about what's in front of us that we should go get and what's the right way to do it optimally. And to that extent, he's also what I would call a calculated risk taker. He is not afraid to put a lot of his chips in pursuit of whatever he thinks is the right way to proceed. His name is Woody Swink. He is one of three co-presidents of McCall Farms down in Effingham, South Carolina. Woody, welcome to the Ed Epley Experience. Ed, it's an honor to be on your show. I appreciate the kind words you said. You're an outstanding person yourself. And working with you through our strategic plan and what we've done was an enlightening experience. And uh, we would not have the, the, the strategic plan without your leadership. Um, and so it's an honor to be on this podcast with you. Well, it's 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 very mutual. You know, uh, before we go into the, the the relationship that you have with energy and your role, I think it's probably uh, if if I know my audience, there's a few of them out there going three co-presidents. So we, we probably should just put that to bed very quickly. Explain to explain to the audience the, the structure that McCall Farms has in terms yeah. of the leadership of the executive position. Yeah, thank you, Ed. You know, it, it does sound lumpy and it, do, it sounds like it doesn't make sense. But, um, you know, through the way our three co-presidents work, my responsibility uh, as co-presidents is sales, marketing and finance. Um, yep. My brother, McCall, is, is co-president and he is over uh, operations and manufacturing. And then yep. my uh, cousin-in-law, Thomas Hunter is co-president and he's over supply chain and agriculture and we all have our own particular lanes and we do meet talk daily and uh, and then have an hour meeting um, on every tuesday and thursdays and talk about strategic and how we you know the the lanes inter interact and um it's actually works real real well for our company and, and our dispositions um you know is is awkward as it sounds it really works well for our company and, and would actually advise it for others I I'm a, I was a slow to convert to the premise that this could work as well as it does. And I am now an absolute believer it can and, and can be a, and a very effective. In fact, I'm almost of the opinion that having three is better than having two in the, 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 the president's role. So I'm, I'm, I really like the dynamic that I've seen that you guys use. And so if anybody has questions about that, Woody, uh, uh, are you okay if that maybe at the end we give you their, your contact information so that they can reach out and talk to you if they got questions about having co or tri presidents? 
Absolutely. I would be happy to give all my information and talk to any of your listeners. And, um, you know, again, it's a great concept. So McCall Farms, folks, for those of you who aren't familiar with them, they are a house of brands. They are the largest canner of Southern vegetables in the United States. And it's a very complex business. They grow product and then they basically process it. But whatever they, well, however they get the product, whether they grow it or buy it, that ends up in a can that's on your grocery shelf. Center of the store tends to be where they'll be. And they, they do yams and spinach and okra and boiled peanuts. And <laughs> I'm forgetting about 30 other products. Am, am I not, Woody? You are. We um, we are. But we we like to do products that nobody else likes to do. They, uh, they they can be complicated to grow and complicated to harvest and to manufacture. But um, that's our niche. We we like that it's complicated, and uh, we do. Um, we're proud of our brands, and they are. Um, we have regional brands and national brands, and um, we protect the brands and make sure we put you know high quality and a good value uh, to our consumers across the country. <laughs> All right. So now we've got the homework done. Let's get into the meat of this podcast of talking about energy. I uh, I want to talk about the idea that, and this is something that came to me very late in my career, that I finally realized that there are certain parts of my job that gave me energy and certain parts that took it from me. So I'm I'm curious about, do you believe that when people are at their best doing their jobs, that they get energy from it, that they, it, in, in my opinion, it's kind of like hitting a golf ball. If you do it really well, it doesn't even feel like you hit the ball. It just goes. So I'm curious about for you, if you've seen a correlation to people doing their job at a high level and also getting energy from it. Absolutely. Um, I think this is a, a great segment because, you know, there's when, when you do have success in business, it's really gratifying. You, you can take, you know, that, you know, that, that gratification, it just gives you positive energy. It makes you more positive around your peers at work, more positive at home, and more positive uh, even with, with your friends. I mean, it's, um, you know, your, your energy is, is really important for the success and um, quality of job and quality of life. What gives you the most energy from the work you do, Woody? You know, I just... One, the thing that I like most about businesses is, and it's maybe it's the, the swim lane I'm in and the co-presidents, the lifeblood of a, of a company is the sales. You've got, you know, you got to get the, the growth of the company and um, going out there and getting, making new sales or acquiring new companies or coming up with a innovative product um, or a marketing idea that, that grows your market share or household penetration um, really gives me a lot of gives me high energy and happiness in in my job. I think you're highly competitive. If I I would suggest that I've noticed one thing about you is you you want to win, and so so I'm guessing that when you land a brand new account or when you get a new uh, brand with a current account, that's kind of when you. You call somebody, you call somebody and say, hey, we landed one. I don't know if, if that's right or not, but is that accurate? Does that reflect the way you operate? Oh, well, that's 100%. We, I, I get highly excited um, when, we, when we get a new item in or, um, you know, a, a great idea or something into an account. You know, how to measure my competitiveness? Sure, I sure I, I sure I am. But if Ed Epley sees it, um, 
you've got a, a good sense of judgment. And uh, so, yeah, I would say I'm competitive. Um, so do you, do you avoid certain work because it takes energy from you? You know, um, there's always some, you know, parts of parts of your work that you're less interested in. Um, you know, I love, I love certain data and then there's some data that just um, doesn't intrigue me as much. Um, you know, getting out of the weeds of some things is just um, not my thing. And Ed, as you said, you know, I want to I want to have enough data so I can go out there and get that sale or get that growth growth, growth opportunity. But um, you know, don't wait don't waste my time with a bunch of the, the small minutia stuff that's not gonna, not something that's not going to move the needle. Yeah, and and I also know you well enough to know that if there's information or data that conflicts with your opinion, then you question whether the data is even relevant. <laughs> That's correct. Sometimes you got to go with your gut. Sometimes you, you know the data the data is important, but sometimes you got to override the data with your with your gut feel. And, and Ed, you're exactly right on that. Uh, to sometimes to a fault, but um, we got a good good team around us that kind of helps me with helps me arm the data that I would maybe not dig out. Yeah, I understand. You know, I grew up, uh, I'm your senior, I'm, I'm your elder. Whenever I'm in the room, you know, I'm the oldest one in there, regardless of who else is there. Uh, but I grew up in an era when my bosses didn't care whether the job I was doing gave me energy. They just wanted the job done. That's all they expected is. And uh, I'm curious about the, the influence your dad and, and your uncle have had on you in that regard. Are, are they more like me uh, that that it's your job, you know, at least the, the way I grew up, your job. I hope your job gives you energy, but if it doesn't, I don't care. <laughs> no, I, absolutely. And you, you, you may be the oldest in the room, but if, if you uh, in the rooms that we were in, but if, if you're going to live forever like you, it doesn't matter. So you're, you're, uh, you're good. Ed. So. I would say that, uh, yeah, my, my uncle and father were always, um, not to be cliche, were just or, or get or done people. I mean, don't really care how how dirty you have to get, how hard you have to work, how many hours you have to put in, but just get it done and don't really care if you, if you enjoyed yourself or not. And that was definitely um, the era that they are. And, you know, when, when, when they come back in, they're, they're still kind of like that now. Um, but you know, you, you, you gotta have a certain amount of that still, Ed, and, uh, but you know, you do have to manage people differently today than you did, uh, 20, uh, 30 years ago. Yeah. So, so do you, in, in the world that in which you operate and your, your world is so crazy compared to the average manufacturing business, because there is a limited window of time to get this product from the field and then into the can. And, and if you don't, then it spoils and you, and it's, and you've got something you spent money on that you can't turn into revenue. So I understand there's a, a get or done mentality that absolutely has to be part of that. But do you guys, uh, do you and Thomas and McCall talk much about the the you know whether or not people enjoy their jobs is that something that the three of you talk about as part of the and and you know and by extension enjoy their work and by extension get energy from it do you guys talk about that at all absolutely it, we we're spending i would say that in weekly sometimes twice a week we're always talking about are we giving the quality of job to our employees are we make it you know is 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 their job too too manual or is it too hard you know, how do we all, uh, you know, give them the tools to make their job easier? 
and and that's as that's as important. You know, there's there's several ways to do it. Obviously, there's there's pay rate, there's benefits, but the quality of child that you give them, you know, is their job really? Uh, are you giving them the tools they can to and to have a comfortable position to be in to where they can be successful in their job? Yeah. One of the things that I've witnessed in other executives is when there's work that is part of their job that that literally just drains their energy, a lot of them delegate it away. They they hire somebody else or uh, push that work onto somebody else in the organization. And I shouldn't say just push it, but in many cases, they'll find somebody who gets energy from that kind of work and then make that part of that person's job. Have Have, have you ever found yourself doing that? Well, I think yeah, we probably all have, uh, you know, in, in a way have done something that, it, that you know, you don't like about your job that you're doing that, that you're probably either not best at or don't enjoy doing. And sure, you, you will push it off. And hopefully that, you know, you push it off to somebody that that uh, that is better or more analytical or um, better suited to do the task that you're pushing off. But, um, you know, as much as you don't like to do it, you know, we all have probably done it. And um, I'm as, probably as guilty as anyone. I, I think I think probably early in my career, I did it subconsciously. I don't think I was aware of the idea that I was pushing away work because it just I, I was bored by it or it, it frustrated me or whatever. I just would I would just work my way out of that. And in some cases, I think I've created jobs for myself along the way where I didn't have to do the stuff I didn't like to do, which which is fortunate for me. But not everybody can do that. All right. So. Let's talk about purpose and energy. One of the questions that, you know, when we work on uh, uh, organizational health and the work you've done with Brian Jones is why do we exist? What's our purpose beyond making money? And my, my experience has been that that sometimes is a way to energize people in their work that otherwise they might not like to do. So do you guys have a overriding purpose for the business beyond making money or or is that do, do you have a vision or a mission that you share with employees to try to give them energy? Yeah, well, we, you know, our, um, you know, our purpose is, as we say, is, 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 th- is three words. It's family, family, family. And the three families, Ed, are, are you know, our work family. And if, you know, if we're not treating our work family with respect and how we would want to be treated, then we need to look at how we're operating there. The second family is our consumer family, and that's that's our customers, that's the consumers who are buying our product. And if we're not making taking sure that you know when our consumers are buying their product, they're sitting down with their family and using this product, and we need to make sure they're having a great experience with high quality and a good value and good taste. And then the third family is obviously your home family, and if we're not taking care of our home family, spending enough time with them. Um, you know, compensating them well enough to where they can enjoy their family, then we're not doing our job. So we got to make sure we check all three of those boxes on the family, family, family. And um, if we do that, we we feel like that everything else will take care of itself. When did you when did you guys land on that? Do you remember when you guys first started talking about that? We we've landed on family, family, family around uh, 2014. I, that's the first I'd ever heard that in all the conversations we've had. Now, I'm sure you probably said it and I wasn't listening, but that's the first time I've ever heard you guys articulate that, Woody. I like that. That makes a whole lot of sense. I'm, I'm, I may have to steal that. Thanks, Ed. You know, if, if, you take care, if you take care of those three, if you take care of those three, Ed, 
the other stuff will take care of itself. It sure makes sense. I, lo- I love the practicality of that. All right. So in the jobs that you've had right now, in the roles that you've played with the company, I'm suspecting you've had different numbers of people that report to you. Today, do you, you have sales, you have finance, and what were, I think you said a third one. I have, um, I have sales, marketing, finance, HR, and IT. Okay. And so when you're having developmental conversations with people that report to you, you're talking about them becoming better at their jobs, uh, whether it's a year-end annual performance review or if it's just a you know just a casual conversation. How much do you talk about with a person about how much they what are the parts of their job that they like and what are the parts of their job that they don't like? Do you have those conversations with your people? Absolutely. Yeah, we you know when you, we try to do or I try to do it more than just at the annual review. Obviously, the annual review is a great time to do it, but you you know right. during the annual review you're going through a list of things that we have and and um, but you know I, I try to sit down with them you know at least once a quarter and sometimes monthly with a few of them just to make sure that their quality of life is good and they're happy. Is there anything that uh, we can support them in any way we can. And that doesn't mean, you know, hey, we need more money or uh, right. know, I need more time off. I mean, and it may be, you know, uh, one of those. But generally it's, um, you know, how can, how can you help me communicate better with this person or or set up, set up something with a, a, a cross-company peer that uh, to help the relationship there. And, um, and the more you can talk about that, those things and be open and feel comfortable talking with your teammates, the more relaxed they're going to be coming, coming into work. And, you know, always try to have, or we try to have an open door or, you know, knock and come on in and you're welcome to sit down and talk anytime. I think if you build that culture, um, if you don't have that culture, people are going to walk on eggshells or tippy toe around you. And um, that's not the company we want to be. So, so when, when, if you were having a conversation with me about what, what, I want out of the job, out what I want out of my career. And we talked about things that I like to do in my job and things I didn't like to do. Would you be open to the premise that maybe of redefining my job so I could do more of the stuff that I'm really good at and like doing and have energy doing and less of the stuff that I don't? Would that be a possibility or is that is that off the off the table? And I think you have to be like that. I think you maximize the potential of of the individual if you'll be open-minded and put them in put them in the area that they love and want to do at least you know at least get it get it to that 90 percent right and there's always 10 percent that's going to be a little uncomfortable but if you can find them at the 90 percent they love and they're comfortable you'll get more out of yourself you'll get more out of your team you'll you'll, you'll maximize the the productivity uh that everyone has then you got to be you know it's easy to say but you got to be very conscious of it and and make sure you're doing it and, ha- and be able to have the open dialogue with your team have you ever parted company with somebody who was a, technically a good performer, but you could tell they just didn't like the work where you just said, look, this is I'm, you're not a bad person. This is a, not the right role for you. Let's 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 help you find another job somewhere else where you could have more fun. Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, and, and this happened, whether it's uh, intercompany or, you know, that, you know, they might not have been on the, the right seat of the bus in the company that, you know, that we thought that they were a good fit in in call it one of my departments, but actually they were better in logistics or better in, in uh, inventory control, you know, or this sometimes just culturally, um, unfortunately it's not a good fit. And it's, um, 
you politely part ways from each other and uh, and try to help help them find a job somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I think we've established that for the folks at McCall Farms, finding ways to have people get more enjoyment and energy from their work is not an unusual thing to have a conversation about. It's relevant to you. It's relevant to your people. Um, I want to do one last thing. We always do this in our podcast, Woody. So we always ask our guests to say if there is only one thing that you would suggest to our audience that would allow them to be more successful in running or operating a business. And and I think with regard to in specific that I'd like to focus it at this point to if you think about helping people get the most enjoyment from their job, the most energy from their job, the most satisfaction from their job, what would what would be your one piece of advice that you would ask of our audience? As I said earlier, Ed, and I'll say it again, is I think it's, it's the cultural the culture building of having an open door policy and communicating with your with your with your team. I mean, ha- have them come in, and you know this it, it sounds time consuming, but but open the door and and have either unannounced or schedule it um but you know minimally quarterly but monthly if you can with your team and say come in talk to you uh and ask them how they're doing you know what can we do and and, and, you know ask them how their work family is ask them how their home family is and how we think that the consumer family is (laughs) and talk to them about those three things and um and and be very open and honest and with each other and uh you will truly build better people and a better culture in your business. So um, I would say the open door policy and, and either scheduled or unscheduled meetings, and they, and they could last 15 minutes, 30 minutes, or 45 minutes. Right. It's, make, make the time, and, and believe it or not, you, you can find the time, and it'll actually, by doing this, it'll give you more time in the end. I love that. It's great advice. Uh, he's Woody Swink. Uh, he's my friend from Effingham, South Carolina, and he's uh, one of the co-presidents of McCall Farms. Woody, if people want to know more or get, reach out to you for further follow-up on anything you've talked about, uh, they have questions, what's the best way for them to reach you? Um, look, I'm, I, if, if they're friends of F. Epley, they're friends of mine, <laughs> listeners of your um, p- please, uh, you can email me. You can I can give you my cell phone number, um, 843 843- Okay, go ahead. Give us your cell number. Go ahead. Cell phone number, Ed, is 843-319-4765. And you can call or send a text to that, and then uh, we can start a communication trail from there. But, and, uh, and he does read his text. I can tell you this this gentleman will respond to text. I, I have <laughs> I've thrown a few his way, and he has absolutely fired him right back. Um, Woody, it's sure been a pleasure having you on, and I know our audience is going to get a lot from this. So thank you for your time and your wisdom, and uh, I look forward to talking with you again soon. Well, Ed, and, and in closing, thanks thanks for reaching out this opportunity. You know, a, a lot of people probably would have done this, and I would have said no, but the respect I have for you. Um, there's no way I was turning this down. I had I had to make this happen, and uh, you you've meant a lot to our company and and to me personally. So, um, Ed, thank you, and come back to Effingham in South Carolina. Come see us, and we'll we'll always uh, have a good time solving the world's problems together. You you got it. Bless your heart. We'll talk soon, Woody. Be well. Thanks, Ed. Thank you for listening to the Ed Epley Experience. For more information on building a more sustainable, smarter, and healthier business, 
Visit www.theepleygroup.com for resources, tips, and Ed's latest blogs. That's the Epley, E-P-P-L-E-Y, group.com. Plus, take a free assessment at theepleygroup.com slash assessment to find out how you measure up as a highly skilled and accomplished manager and where to focus on improving your skills. 